If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. I was genuinely shocked by some of the results from the college football playoff first rankings being revealed on Tuesday. I never in a million years thought that Ohio State was going to be the program that was listed at number one. And I think the history shows that it wasn't likely that they were going to be ranked number one because at times the committee that ranks the college football world has waffled back and forth on whether it's the most deserving teams that should be included in the top four or the best resumes that are included in the top four. I think you can argue that right now Ohio State has the best resume. They've got two top 15 wins. And when your competition's best wins for the top spot are Georgia has beaten Kentucky and Florida and Michigan has beaten Indiana and Minnesota, it just doesn't. The resumes don't stack up, but I think the consensus is in the college football world. And again, the college football playoff for the fact that this is the 10th year. And I think there's been like two number one ranked teams to win the national championship shows that maybe they're not the best at predicting just who really is the number one team in America. But the consensus around the college football world is that Georgia and Michigan are the two best teams in Ohio state, Florida state, Washington, Oregon, Texas, Alabama, Oklahoma, whatever, category or whatever you want to list them is kind of in a a second tier. Now we know that, and and I gave Michigan credit until the sign stealing allegations that they had not played down to their competition. They had played to their own standard. And I think that's a little bit more difficult than the average person thinks. And Georgia's won back-to-back national championships. Hasn't lost a game in almost two calendar years. It's, it's been a hot minute. So I thought that they would get the benefit of the doubt. But then when you look at the playoff rankings, I think there are a couple of takeaways that are really, really interesting to me. The first of which is that I'm surprised that they ranked the best resume first rather than the eye test or the best team. And I I don't I still don't know how I feel about this because I think it's easiest and most foolproof and the easiest way to defend yourself from criticism and just point to, hey, we picked best resume because Ohio State's strength of record is really good. Ohio State's strength of schedule is pretty good. Georgia's strength of schedule is terrible. Michigan's strength of schedule is terrible. Florida State's strength of schedule is not good. So I'm not surprised that Ohio State has the best resume. I'm just surprised that in a room full of people who want to pride themselves on being football guys, that they didn't say, despite the resumes, we believe that Georgia and Michigan are the two best teams in the country. And I wouldn't have been, I would not, no matter what the rankings were outside of, you know, Ohio State being ranked 10th and Oklahoma being ranked second or something crazy like that, I wouldn't have sat down and bitched today because maybe the second biggest takeaway is the first rankings and really every rankings until the last one 
are just simply made for TV specials. The first rankings, I think, are intentionally divisive and controversial or whatever to generate buzz and interest. So what's the easiest way to do that? Because you have to balance legitimacy and credibility with also interest and controversy. So you can't have anybody, I don't think, other than Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan as the one, two, threes. But you can put Florida State ahead of Washington. You can put Texas in front of Oklahoma. That's really easy to do, isn't it? So that's takeaway number two. Takeaway number one, I think, is I'm shocked that Ohio State was ranked number one and that they used best resume. But the problem is, is if you do that with the first ranking, you then have to keep that metric that you're using throughout the rest of the season. You can't say we're ranking teams on best resume in the first rankings. And then when push comes to shove and it's time to say, here's the four making it, you can't go, you know what? We just thought that despite Washington's resume being better than Florida State's, we picked Florida State instead. I, I don't think that's in a way to, to operate. Like I think you have kind of boxed yourself in and maybe they haven't just because it's moving to a 12 team playoff next year that who cares how they do it this final year ranking numbers one through four. But I think once you set the precedent of this is how we are ranking these schools, that's how you got to do it going forward. And so if you're going to rank them by resume, I don't know that Georgia or Michigan's resume, I think can leapfrog Georgia and Ohio state, because if they would beat, conceivably number 11 Penn State, conceivably number one Ohio State, and then somebody from the Big Ten West who is the representative, they could jump to number one. Ohio State, conceivably, if they go undefeated, has another win over number three Michigan and whoever the Big Ten West representative is. And if you're going to rank them by resume, then that pretty locks you down at number one. I don't know that Georgia can leapfrog Ohio State outside of, okay, we've got, and I, I don't think this is, like, I think it's a bit much to have like Tennessee ranked number 17 and Missouri ranked number 12. And I don't want to get into the whole like SEC bias slash these teams are ranked to help out somebody else. Like, I don't, I don't buy that, but. Georgia's going to have three games in a row against top 25 teams. You got Mizzou on Saturday, Ole Miss at Tennessee. Maybe that does move them up to number one with the resume at the end of the day. But if you're going to rank them by resume, at this point, there are three of the four spots in the college football playoff that are spoken for unless the top three lose twice. Because say Ohio State loses to Rutgers, that's a bad loss. But if they come back and beat Michigan and win the Big Ten, you still have three. You, you would at that point have four top 15 wins. I guess three top 15 wins over Notre Dame, Penn State, Michigan. And, your law, and you have a bad loss. Is that enough to 
keep you behind Florida State and Washington? I don't know. But if you're going to say resume is how we're ranking them, which I think is the best way to go, whether it's most deserving, because I think resume and most deserving are the same thing. I, I don't know how you make the argument that they're not the same thing. So I find that super interesting of like, people say there are kind of like three or four ways to to view this. I think there's, there's kind of two. There's resume slash most deserving, because I think they're the same thing. And then I test. While Georgia might not have the resume, or Florida State might not have the resume, or Washington might not have the resume, are those three of the five best teams in the country? Yeah, I would say so. The problem is only four getting in. Another takeaway I have is that despite, I think the committee got it right in that they believe that the Pac-12 is really, really, really good, but not top-heavy because Washington's five, Oregon's six, Oregon State is 16, Utah 18, UCLA 19, USC 20. I think those are pretty good football teams. You could argue that USC is really is damn near elite on one side of the ball and as terra awful as you can be on another side of the ball. They are dreadful defensively. And that's why they're 20th and not 10th. But I think they're right in that they have a high regard for the Pac-12, but I also think they believe this is all going to shake itself out because I think Washington has an easier path to the college football playoff than Florida State does, despite playing a more difficult schedule because they've got USC, Utah, Oregon State back to back to back which is a tough stretch, which I think is probably a tougher stretch than Georgia's stretch that they're going to play here in a little bit. But also, I think Washington is somewhat significantly better than those schools. And if you get through those three games undefeated, you go into the final week of the season 11-0, and I think Washington also has a pretty good, cha- pretty hardy chase, a pretty hardy case to make the college football playoff rather than Florida State. Because I don't think, conversely, that the committee, and I don't know that they should, has a whole lot of respect for the ACC. When you look through the rankings, there are two ACC schools in the rankings. And I don't know that you can make an argument really for a whole lot of ACC schools. Maybe you could argue. And I don't, I don't, I would find that argument maybe difficult to make that you should, you could include North Carolina at like 25, but I don't, I don't think so. I don't know that there's a case to be made there. So I think that there's a lot of, a lot of credit for the Pac-12, a lot of credit, obviously, for the SEC. And then schools kind of 12 through 20 are somewhat interchangeable to me. Do I think Notre Dame is 
deserves to be a little bit higher. Yeah, I do. They lost to the number one team in the country and then lost to Duke on the road when Duke was still healthy. Now Duke is now kind of a shell of itself at five and three. Oh my gosh, they're five and three. Or they beat, or, excuse me, Notre Dame beat Duke and they lost to Louisville on the road. Okay. So your losses are to the number one team in the country and number 13 team in the country. And I don't know how good Louisville is. <laughs> I know they're seven and one. They got just the tar beat out of them at Pitt. I don't, I, I don't, I still don't know what Louisville is. Like they might get to the game, last game of the season against Kentucky at 10 and one. And I don't know how good they are. I, I think the schedule kind of set up pretty nicely for them to look much better than they are. But there's not a lot of love for the ACC, a lot of love for the Pac-12, a little bit of love for the Big Ten, a little bit of love for the Big 12, and then a lot of love for the SEC. One final takeaway that I had when you take a look at the college football playoff rankings is that Tulane over Air Force is really interesting to me. Because I've said before that I think Air Force is obviously in the driver's seat to be the group of five representative in the New Year's Six. Obviously, college football playoffs sees it differently because conceivably Tulane, who lost to uh, Ole Miss to start the season, or I guess the second week of the season, and hasn't lost since, is better in the committee's eyes. I think Air Force at 25 is a pity slash courtesy ranking of, hey, you are undefeated, and we can't just rank the top 25 Power 5 schools. We have to, because if that's the way the rules sit right now next year, one of those Power 5 or one of those group of five schools is going to make the college football playoff. So you've got to start building the like, hey, and maybe they don't. Maybe maybe they want it to look as if none of these teams deserve to be in the top 12. But I think that's a different discussion for a different day. I think Air Force is a pity ranking in the committee's view of like, okay, you're undefeated still at this point of the season, but we think Tulane is better than you. And we kind of have an unspoken agreement that the sixth best conference is the American, not the Mountain West. Therefore, should we be forced to put one of you in the New Year's Six, we're going to go on to the American rather than... So Air Force, I think the last takeaway for me is Air Force has to finish undefeated if they are going to be the Group of Five representative in the New Year's Six. Because if Tulane already has a leg up on them, and I think that would be difficult to to justify, is that if Tulane finishes 11-1 and and Air Force finishes 12-0, and that the average observer is going to go, oh, wait a second, one of these teams is undefeated. The other one has a loss. Despite, if you look at the rankings, Ole Miss is number 10 right now. So your one loss is to the number 10 ranked team in the country, Air Force undefeated. And I and I don't necessarily like to do the, well, what happens if, like, there's still a month left of the season. We got a lot of football to play. <laughs> there is a lot of football and a lot of things can happen. So I don't necessarily like to sit here on November 1st and say, well, what happens if, but I think it's clear that either Tulane needs to win out 
or Air Force, or either Tulane needs to lose one more time, or Air Force has to win out for the Falcons to be the Group of Five representative, which I don't know how I feel about that. Because I, I don't know. I, th- I think if your argument is always going to be like, hey, you play the game that's in front of you, and if you win, that matters, and if you lose, that matters too. So if you win all your games, that should mean something. Whether those games came against nobodies and Tulane's came against really difficult opponents or whatever the case may be, I just think that going 12-0 and should count more than being 11-1, especially at that stage of the number 24, number 25, group of five representative, yada, yada, yada. I think winning all your games should matter more. I guess I have one more final observation. In that, I think when you look at the top, so there the four teams obviously make it to the college football playoff. I think by the rankings, there is a cutoff at eight. I think the top eight schools can make the college football playoff. But there is a pathway still for Alabama. There is a pathway for Texas. There is a pathway for Oregon, Washington, Florida State, Michigan, Georgia, Oklahoma, or Ohio State. I don't think, I think by ranking Oklahoma nine, even though they beat Texas, is telling you, hey, this is where the cutoff is. There's not a path to the college football playoff for Ole Miss. There's not a path to the college football playoff for Penn State, Mizzou, Louisville, LSU, Notre Dame, et cetera. From eight back, you don't have a shot. Because if you're going to tell me in week one, like Oklahoma's win over Texas apparently isn't going to get better for them. Like that's already one of the better wins in America. Oklahoma is seven and one and their loss is on the road at the number 21 ranked team in the country. And they're going on the road again to play the number 22 ranked team in the country this weekend. But if you're already ranked behind the school that you beat and you both have one loss, that tells me you do not have a path forward to the college football playoff. Alabama who lost to Texas. Yes. Oregon who lost to Washington. Yes. If chaos ensues, any of those four schools can find themselves in the college football playoff. But to me, I think the message to Oklahoma is thanks for playing, but that ain't it. Ain't happening for you. Sorry about your luck. So I think if you ain't in the top eight right now, congratulations on thinking about playing for the Fiesta Bowl or the Peach Bowl because you're not making the rose and sugar. But also, when you look at the college football playoff rankings and you look at the bracket of what a 12-team playoff would look like this year, has me excited for 2024. That'll do it for today's episode of The Daily Huddle. Appreciate you making us a part of your day, however it is, wherever it is you're doing so. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the subscribe button. Make sure you're getting all the great college football content we're popping out here at Saturday Glory. If you're listening on a podcast, drop a five-star review. It goes a really long way in helping us get in front of more college football fans, and that's always a good thing. We'll be back at it tomorrow, making our picks for the weekend. Looking forward to it. I'll see you then here on the Daily Huddle with Saturday Glory.